everybody, my name's Lori and I am the host of Inclusive Talk Sustainability. And what you are watching right now is part three of a three-part series interviewing Rita Davern, Ramona Keto Stately, and Melody Gilbert. Three women who were involved in making the documentary, Stories I Didn't Know. This documentary explores how Rita came to understand her family's role in taking land from Indigenous people and what she's decided to do about it. Joining us on this podcast is co-host Shannon Crossbear. Please sit back and enjoy. If you haven't watched the other two episodes, I would recommend watching those first. Thank you very much. So, so Melody, how did you get on the path where you started to, your creative path? Oh, well, it, you know, it's, it, it depends which part you're asking about. I mean, I've been making films, as uh, Lori mentioned, for quite a while, I think, I don't know, 20 something years already. I've made quite a few feature documentaries that started. My first film was about people who get married at the Chapel of Love at the Mall of America. And uh, then I went on to make other several other films. Um, and these are all independent films that I mostly, you know, filmed and edited and shot and produced. And um, I made a film about um, kids who can't feel pain. So they are physically not able to feel pain. Um, I made a film about Walter Mondale. I made a film about urban exploring. I mean, I, you know, just for me, making films has been such a joy and a pleasure. And once you get a camera uh, and you are able to film and be inconspicuous and get out in the world with, um, and you learn how to do it, it's just so much fun. So anyway, and all the while, while I've been making all these films, I'm also teaching as well. So I kind of have this dual purpose in life. Um, you know, I didn't really have any mentors. Um, I just learned how to do everything on my own. So one of the things I love about teaching is I get to give back and, and get to grow this new generation, emerging filmmakers, and even Rita, who... You know, she's an emerging filmmaker now, and I, you know, just loved working with her because she's like a sponge and she takes everything in. And she met me at the documentary boot camp class where I was teaching at uh, Film North. So anyway, I've done that for 20 years. But before that, I was a journalist for many years, like an old fashioned, traditional, like, hi, I'm on the scene of breaking news kind of journalist. And I worked for a lot of TV stations and I did that work for quite a while. Um, and really enjoyed it. And one of the things I did enjoy about it, and I like to share this with people because there's a little bit of a, I would say, um, disconnect between sort of the journalism people and the film people. Like that's two different worlds. But I've always kind of done both and crossed those borders. And um, but I say that working in television, working in broadcast was great training because, as you heard me mention before. I have to understand how to take a lot of information and a lot of footage and compress it into a minute 30 <laughs> in most nights when I was doing nightly news or daily news, you know, minute 30 is a lot when you go out and you have a complicated story to tell. How do you tell that? So I had that training and it does help me able, it makes me able to work faster than most people 
in this film world. Like I, I guess my output, a lot of people are always amazed. Oh my God, look how many films you've made. I'm like, seems normal to me, you know, because I was trained as in that way. And I will say something else because I, uh, people always assume like they'll say, well, what film school did you go to? Or what journalism school did you go to? Uh, I went to the school of learn as you go. I never went to school for either thing. And I'm a professor of both things. So I think, you know, you asked earlier, what advice would you give to young people? And I usually just say, just start doing things like, you know, maybe Ruben just started making music when he was 10. I don't know. But I believe that the best way to learn is by doing and making mistakes and making a lot of mistakes and then doing it again until you get it right. And that's, to me, the best way to learn. I mean, you you know, you can model yourself after people. I mean, believe it or not, I'm old enough that I remember. Do you guys remember Barbara Walters? Like, of course. Okay, I have a group here who knows who Barbara Walters is. I wanted to be her. Like, I thought, oh, the person who can ask all those questions, those probing questions, and, you know, be, be on TV asking those questions. And I did manage to achieve that on local levels, of course. And, um, but, but, you know, Anyway, so the broadcast journalism training came from doing it on the job. And so that's kind of my sort of film and visual media training, uh, my background. Before I did that, I was like everyone else. I didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, in high school, I did work for our local, our, in you know how high schools have the TV stations now. So I did that. Um, so I kind of had an idea that maybe I'd want to do that, but not really. So it's just, you know, experimenting and see what you feel like you're good at and what you're passionate about. And I am a kind of very curious person. So I guess I ended up in the right business. Well, that's great, Melody. I, I, I mean, I hear the passion that you have in your voice, even as you talk about it, which, <laughs> which is infectious, right? I mean, we in a good way. Yes. But, you know, where you're drawn in because, you know, it's obvious you care about what you're doing, that it comes out, your doing comes out of your being, right? Mm -hmm. That's the way that, that we often say it. So I'm wondering, like, I, I think you already kind of answered that question, but what's next? No. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, okay, so first of all, what's next for Rita is different than what's next for me. Rita has now finished her film called The Burren Girl, which is the original film about her grandma, and uh, I'll let her talk about that, and then if you want to come back to me, or... That'll be great. Yeah, Rita, why don't you talk about sure. that? Sure, um, so Burren Girl, it's, um, it's a... <laughs> I call it a family history mystery. So I'm going back to try to find the place and people my grandma came from. So that's the place. That's what I do. It's very much about a place called the Burren, which is a magical ecosystem that's really special. And I get close to um, about five farm families there. And uh, they've been there for 1,200 years at least in that same place. So it's really a treat to get them talking about what their people went through and um, what they survived. And so it's good. And there's some mysteries that we solve about the family um, story and uh, archaeology. We go into archaeology and 
It's good. So that's coming out this month, October 22nd at the Twin Cities Film Festival. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And so I'm not, you know, I'm thrilled that Rita got to make the film that she originally wanted to make (laughs) when we first started working together. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I've, I've seen some cuts of the film and, you know, it's just great to, to see the progress and probably how relieved you are that that's done finally. And And how uh, much I learned from you. Well, that's what I say. It's like, you know, I told, I told Rita, please just be a vessel of everything I say. So I don't have to do this again, but I will end up doing it again. But I'm glad that Rita now can do it on her own and she can share what she's learned with other people. And that's really important to me, um, you know, to pass my knowledge that I've learned over time. So, yeah. So um, you asked what's next for me. Um, So I have, well, let's see. The most recent film is um, Stories I Didn't Know. And just before I finished that, I also did a film called Silicon Soul, which is about um, people who have um, relationships with life-size, like, lifelike silicone dolls. Um, they have like real full-fledged relationships, sometimes marrying them. Um, sometimes they have babies that are made of silicone. There's all kinds of interesting ways people have incorporated these silicone dolls into their life and um, that film has been on stars for the past year and it's just coming out on iTunes and I think it's really almost more interesting now than it was when I made it because everybody's so lonely right now like we're in these crazy times and um, my understanding that there's been a surge of people buying the dolls and they're not even like the robotic ones yet they're just the dolls so it's, it's like having a dog. You can have a doll. You can have someone who looks like a human and a person. And so for me, it was really interesting exploring the kind of relationships people had with their dolls. And that's coming out on iTunes in a few weeks. So I'm really excited about that and also other things. But that is what the next thing is. And then I just finished a short. Uh, I haven't done a short in a really long time. Most of my films are features. Um, I finished a film called Viewfinder. And it's a short film about a Minnesota guy who has taken one picture a day, one photo on film every day for 23 years and has never missed a day. And it's just one and it's all different kinds of pictures, but he has now 8,000 photos and he's starting to sort of ask himself, like, who's going to care about this when he's gone? Right. Like, what is his family doesn't care his kids don't care about these boxes and suitcases full of photos and also what does it mean I think you know I'm I'm speaking to you guys and you'll understand this as we get older I think we all sort of ask ourselves you know what's our legacy is there are our children our legacy are the things we made our legacy are is the kind of person we are our legacy like all those questions I think we're all as we get older wondering what who we are and what do we leave behind. Um, My father has dementia now and it's been really painful and hard going through his things and, you know, trying to understand who he was by the things he left behind. So I'm getting into sort of the meaning of the film, but it's a short film and now it's on the film festival circuit. And that's been a real joy to share that film with people. And the other thing I'm working on is um, what I'm working on that's new, but it's also old. As I mentioned to you that I made a film about 
the, these kids who can't feel pain. So I've been following uh, one of the people in that film for 17 years. And I have footage for, you know, from the beginning when I first started making the film when she was a kid up until last year. And it's really my goal this year to get this film almost finished. I don't know what the end is going to be. Most of the time when I start a film, I don't know the end. I don't want to know the end because for me, that's part of the joy of making the film because anything can happen, as we know, Rita, from working on uh, our film together. But um, that one will be a really interesting process for me to go through because it has my early film work and now everything's so different and so how do you incorporate the old stuff with the new stuff but I think there's something there that also will resonate with a lot of people you know the idea that you can't feel pain physically what does that mean and how does that affect your life and but not just your life it's the people around you it's your family it's your you know your sister it's your parents how how do they deal with it and also how do you feel about yourself as you become an adult and so that's what I've been working on and um, yeah, I really hope to get into that. But I'm not doing any COVID-related films. Everyone keeps asking me. It doesn't interest me. I have to tell you, living it does not interest me. I don't want to see, I'm not going to be watching films about COVID things, I don't think. I don't know. By the time they get made and they get put out in the world, we're going to be all sick of being in COVID. So yeah, so I knew I figured that might be one of your questions. But <laughs> So yeah, that's it. And teaching. So still teaching. Mm -hmm. So, Melody, I thought it was, I think it's interesting, like, when we started the conversation about how fast the film got completed, <laughs> and now full circle to a, a film that is over 17 years in the making, right? <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I just, I'm always, a, I always notice those full circle kinds of things, mm -hmm. but, um, and also, you know, the other thing is that this relationship got kind of established in the making of this film. So what happens, Ramona? How does this kind of, for you, go forward? And you're on mute. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, uh, the story's out there. Um, uh, I think it it's so amazing and it does touch so many people because there were three really amazing women like doing that. And Melody has an amazing eye and telling a story from different viewpoints. And I remember, um, I just have to tell this one little part that um, Rita called me one day and she goes, well, they've chosen a picture for the, for the movie, but it, <laughs> it doesn't show your face. And I said, that's okay with me. No, but it, it's us hugging. Cause I remember that Melody, I remember when we took that picture and um, uh, I said, you know, she knows what she's doing and I, I don't need to show my face. That's perfectly fine. But I think that part of the, the energy of the story is all the different points of view and even as far as cin cinematically or where the cameras were but um everybody did their job as experts you know and i think um it's i think it allows people to tell their own story or maybe uh learn their own story and see that um 
it's survivable. It's okay. Okay, well, right. It's okay to uh, to learn about yourself and understand how strengthening it is because we live in a America that really kind of um, wants us to all be the same. Mm-hmm. And so this will differentiate us. But I think the the diversity is what makes us all so beautiful. So um, going forward, I'll just always support Melody and Rita, and you know maybe we'll. I'll jump in her suitcase and go to Ireland. (laughs) Oh, by the way, that is something that I thought about for an ending as well. So, um, you know, one of the things I regret is I didn't get into, which was, you know, her Irish heritage. We didn't really talk about that very much. Um, I remember writing a section about it thinking, how can I do this? But we needed, we just needed more footage. We needed to go in a different direction with the story and all that. And what I love is that this film allows for those conversations to happen. Like maybe, you know, people will go have those, you know, go on a trip and then you can do that. Or you can start thinking about, well, is your, do you have a mixed heritage? Like, what does that mean? And the whole thing for me was just to have a jumping off point to have the conversations that you guys have been having. You had one the other night about climate change with climate change experts. Well, that's a big thing to start talking about. I mean, the, you know, this film, I think, will do very well on the educational circuit. It will be great for these kind of discussions and meetings and workshops and training. And I think that Ramona and Rita, everyone wants to know what is their relationship like since the film? Great. They can tell you, have that conversation and what they've done with this energy now have, what was that climate change meeting like the other night? It sounds like it was amazing, right? So, you know, every one of those steps is exactly what is supposed to happen from the film. And it's so great. I don't even need to be here. It's them, them going out in the world and talking about these issues. That is what my hope was for the film as a director. So, um, you know, you can't answer everything in a film. You can make a film that is a persuasive, informational, you know, film that tells you everything you need to know about an issue. And by the end of that issue, you you better be on our side. That's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to open up the doors for this kind of conversation. And I think that's happening. Rita, it's happening, right? Ramona? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. Even within your own family, you guys are all buddies again, right? <laughs> We're not mad at you anymore. She was worried at the screening. You were worried about the premiere even, remember? Yeah. So, you know, it might be that you open up with your family. It might be you start conversations about, you know, Dakota issues. It might, I, it can be, it goes everywhere. So, I mean, I'd love to hear from you guys what you think, where it can go. Like the reason you're doing the podcast, there must be a reason that it touched you and that you thought it could go somewhere. Well, a- absolutely. I think that um, for me, the story is about looking at our pasts and figuring out who we are, where we are, how we got here, what our families did, how we can, again, you know, just be there for each other, how we can deal with all the trauma that's back there and face it head on and solve it together and work on it together and bring everybody into the story. So for me, it touched me because that's exactly where I'm at is that that we have to do these things. Like this isn't 
there really isn't any choice. I, I don't see that there's any choice, nor would I want there to be a choice. Um, but I think that that's what the story does for me is open up that story of, let, let's talk about the land. Let's talk about reparation and talk yes. about history and talk about slavery and talk about trauma that all of us have in different ways. Let's talk about all of that and just rip the bandaid off of it and face it because we cannot change it. We cannot change it unless we address it. You can't pretend that, that the things that have happened in our country, both to Native Americans and to other people of color, we can't pretend they didn't happen and then say it's okay. It was not very long ago. We're not talking about 10,000 years ago. So that's, that for me, that was it. The, this, that's what the, I was so thrilled when the film came in as something we could view for the film festival. And then for me, that's exactly what happened is this feeling of, okay, yeah, this is where we have to be. Well, I guess we did our job, Rita. Yeah. And, and you did hey. it beautifully. <sighs> Good, I'm glad. Um, I really, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say the other thing about it for me was the sense that it wasn't, it didn't feel mean or it wasn't, it clearly was not made as an argument. And I think that that for me is much more persuasive that that sense of this is a community and this is a collaboration and this is us, this is us healing us, mm -hmm. the collective, huge collective us. And I think that was the other thing that touched me about it is that the approach felt um, very human and um, yeah, very human. Good. That's great to hear. Ramona, what kind of feedback have you been getting from your community? Like, what are you hearing from people who've seen the film? Well, I've never, I haven't really talked to a lot in our community. We haven't really had a session with Native people, but we are planning to do that. And I think um, I can, I could probably make some guesses as to what I would hear from the community um, and all the different ways this film shows up. So number one is getting people's attention of history had to be a white woman, right? Had to be a white woman to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's deep stuff, you know, when we're talking about that, like I could tell my story, but would I get that same kind of response? Probably not. Um, and that's, that's really deep stuff. When we talked to um, the climate la um, last night, the climate leaders, we got into reparation and, you know, that that's deep. That scares people because they think, wow, do I have to like give up my, my, my land? Um, so it has opened up a lot of conversation. But I think for my community, any way that we can open their ears, because as Dakota people, um, our word for white man is they have no ears. We, we describe them as they have no ears. And that's pretty cool of anybody who doesn't want to hear something they don't, that, that's contrary to what they already believe. They close their ears. This is one of those stories that allows people to hear it. And in our native communities, we need people to hear the story. And so it is, um, it's a great representation of uh, telling a story and allowing and, and not causing people to put their guard up so they can hear it. So I think for our native communities, it's a win-win. It's 
a wonderful story. It's a true story and people hear it. Yeah, I remember when we first started that, Rita, you were very nervous about being a white woman telling that story. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I didn't. I was every step of the way, I was like, I don't think so. This doesn't make sense. This isn't my history to tell. I'm trying to tell somebody else's. So I, I, I just rigidly refused ever, pretty much of the way. And um, so it was a blessing when we, I figured out to ask you, Ramona, and then that changed everything because you are telling, I tell my story, you tell your story. And <laughs> nobody can argue with somebody's own story, you know. Mm -hmm. So that really took the weight off me. Do you feel, and Ramona, I'm specifically asking you and maybe Shannon as well, um, although of course Rita and uh, Melody, you are welcome to answer as well, but um, do you feel like films like this, if we talk about them and if we take them seriously, would open the door for films that really are more made by just by the Native community and, and more openness to me, people like me, watching it and listening and believing it's a true story and not pushing back? through this ridiculous cultural lens? Hmm. Well, uh, go ahead, Ramona, or Sherry, go ahead, Shin. Well, I was just thinking, I, you know, one of the, the great things about, you know, arts and film and entertainment um, is that, you know, it can act as something that gets past the guilt, <laughs> right? Because, when we see something and when we think about at least, you know, first of all, it's a hard story to tell. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, and like I had said earlier, our populations have been so invisible that when you push us up to visibility, there's another thing that happens, right? And <clears throat> so one, the stories are hard to tell. Two, those receiving the stories have to be able to receive it without getting caught up in their own guilt um, and shame and all of those kinds of things. And so um, I think it's, I, 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 I go back, there was a, um, a series uh, that took place in Canada and I live both in Ontario and in Minnesota and it was called North of 60. And North of 60 took place on a small reserve in Northern um, Canada. And when it first started, they really thought that it was only going to gain popularity with the um, indigenous population. But what happened was it became a popular show and introduced people to a life they would not otherwise have seen. And it was very accurate, at least my experience, having lived in the remote Northern communities. Um, and, uh, and, but, and people could accept it because it came in the form that it came. But it also then allowed for education to take place. And so, I mean, I, and I'm just really learning a lot about that for myself, 
mean here in northern Minnesota, <laughs> from the wagon, Rita, um, of beginning to tell those stories in a way that people can hear them. Mm -hmm. So that we can do what I think is the most, uh, really is that you have Rita's story here, you have Ramona's story here, and then you have the intersect of those stories. Mm -hmm. And where they intersected, where we might not have noticed before, and where they're intersecting going forward with a consciousness about that intersection. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it's, I mean, I'm, I haven't even seen the film and I'm already with you. Well, I think also I can add one thing, which is um, in terms of emerging filmmakers, there's a really wonderful movement happening right now, especially since the, you know, protests and the George Floyd, um, you know, the sort of a new reckoning in a way. And there's been a lot of attention and funding uh, going to uh, young emerging filmmakers of color that has not happened in the past 10 or 20 years even. Um, it's really new and it's edgy and it's fabulous and the whole idea is, you know, give cameras to, um, you know, the people in the community, let them tell those stories. Why should a white filmmaker come in and tell the story about your community? You tell it. And I think there's a lot more willingness, a lot more support, a lot more excitement about those stories. And it's incredibly exciting. And I'm thrilled about it. Um, and I think there's a lot more mentoring going on, a lot more between sort of the more established filmmakers wanting to help younger emerging filmmakers. and But part of that is they're helping us understand things that we didn't know. And it's just wonderful. And I'm seeing a lot of new work. That's the only sort of pandemic films I'm interested in seeing is those are really the social justice post-George Floyd films that are really interest me. And um, I'm happy to look at some of those and mentor and assist, but it's exciting what I'm seeing there. And I can't wait to see what comes from, you know, these next generation. It's it's really going to be incredible. So I am seeing that. That's great. Yeah. So Shannon, anything else that you would like to ask our, our guests? Um. I can't think of, I'm just, like I said, I'm just excited to have an opportunity to see the film and to actually um, be able to support its use in you know, continued conversation. Yeah. Well, you know, in some ways I hate the Zoom world. We all hate it. I'm on it all day. I'm teaching online right now and everything. But the beauty of this world that we're in is that we can reach people that maybe we couldn't reach before in a lot of ways. And, you know, having community screenings and letting people watch the film on their own and then getting together to discuss the issues is easier now in a lot of ways. And I'm, you know, really excited to see what this film does in that realm. And um, I know you're already getting a lot of requests, Rita and Ramona, you'll probably get some too. And um, we do have some film festivals coming up with the film. Um, I just found out about another one today, so that's exciting that I shared with you. And, you know, I think that it's, um, I think we all, one of the reasons we all do what we do, what each one of you in this Zoom chat is doing, is we all want to share something 
right? That's inside of us. That's why, Lori, you're doing these podcasts, right? And Ramona's an educator. She's out in the world doing, you know, her, the thing that she wants to do to move people, change people, or at least open their minds. And, you know, we're all doing it. I'm doing it film and you're doing whatever. We're all doing it our own way. And I think that is something that is a very beautiful thing that happens from this sort of uh, creativity, right? We, we made something and we all get to share it and we all have different reasons for wanting to share it. And I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and visit with all of you. And actually Rita and Ramona and I have only, I think, done one of these before. So it's kind of fun to all be together. I'm so thankful to have you here. I usually end with asking people to tell a story and I'm hesitant only because we've had so many stories about the film and everything. But if anyone has another story from their life that they would like to tell, we would of course welcome that. So if anyone has another story that they think, yeah, this would be something I, about me that I would like to tell other people, then you're welcome to. I, I see Rita going like this, like, no I'm way, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> Go ahead. I have to pick up some ear things for uh, a, another interview before my closes. <laughs> before so your story is, you have to go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And well, I I want to add one thing for yeah. Rita. I hope it's okay that I do this, but I know today is a special anniversary for you. I just saw it uh, the fourteenth. Fourteenth. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to? Of course, you don't want to share that. <laughs> Um, we'll share that another time. Thank okay. you. We, I think we need to go. Need to okay. wrap up. But thank you, Melody. All right. Bye. So thank, thank you, you all very much. This is Lori. This was Inclusiva Talks with um, Shannon, Ramona, Rita, and Melody. And what an amazing, wonderful group of women. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. If she's a mountain